Are you looking for a practice coach? If you are, go to ptpracticesuccess.com. At the very top of the page, there's a button. Just click on that to find out more. Welcome to the PT Practice Success Podcast. My name is Sean Kirk, CEO of PT Practice Success. In this podcast, we're going to be going over a variety of different things that can help you with your practice. I hope you enjoy what's coming. Hey, welcome to this podcast. Uh, On this podcast, we're going to talk about hiring and taking the mask off. When you're interviewing somebody, you're usually seeing their best self, or at least the self that they think you're going to like. And sometimes you do like them a lot, and then you bring them on board and you find out a few weeks or a couple months later that you really just hired a slug. Now, they put lipstick on the pig and they came in, right, to your office and you hired them. I used to deliver a workshop called the Hiring and Team Building Workshop, and and um, I should have possibly called it the Firing and Team Building. Sometimes bringing people on is relatively easy. Letting people go is really tough, right? And we tolerate it and tolerate it and tolerate it and tolerate it. And sometimes we never pull the trigger, right? And we just hope we can make their life miserable enough that they quit. Um, so if I can do anything that can better your odds of getting the right one the first time, definitely want to do that for you. Okay. So on the last one, I, uh, podcast I delivered was on hiring the right way. And in that particular podcast, I talked about kind of a five point, um, manner of which, uh, to bring people in, right? Certainly there's prospecting and looking for and finding people, but then now you're sitting down with an applicant in front of you, we call it the opening and in the opening, what we're trying to do is get them talking. We don't care what they talk about, but we're just going to get them talking. We want to, um, you know, make them relaxed, that they feel comfortable, so that they're really, really willing to, so to speak, put their hair down and show you themselves. So in the opening, you're not even getting into the job and benefits. You're not getting into anything details. You're just really trying to get the initial target of, do I like this guy? And then we move from there in the opening and kind of recapping real quick, but the rest of us in the podcast. And then the next phase we move into is what we would call the qualifying step. In the qualifying step, what we're doing is we're trying to ascertain what they like and dislike and what they need and want in their um, ideal job. So what they like and disliked about past jobs that they've had, what they would love to see happen uh, or need and want about a future job. Now, whatever they tell you, you don't actually take up in this particular part. You're just getting all the data because once you get through the end of the, you know, kind of the qualifying step in the interview process, there's a step that I, I mentioned in the podcast that there are a series of questions that you can ask that allow you to take the mask off of a would-be hire. And I mentioned in that podcast that we didn't have enough time to actually get into that. And I perhaps I can cover it in an, another podcast. Well, that's this one. Okay. So when you get the person that you're considering hiring through the opening, you build some affinity, made it comfortable for them to talk. You've gotten through the qualifying steps where you're really knowing what they need and want before you can start crafting your presentation and going in for the close. At this point, you want to peel the mask off. By this point, you like the guy. He likes you, right? Seems decent. So do you. Everybody's ready to hug each other. Now, let's see if there's a mask. So you say, 
Look, Bob, I'm going to ask you a series of questions at this point. I'm looking for a particular answer. There's no really right answer, but I am looking for a certain thing. Now, these questions I'm going about to, about to ask you, you probably have never been asked before, right? I'm not going to ask you a question like, if you're a fish, what kind of fish would you be? But I am looking for something, okay? Is it all right if I ask you these questions? Of course, he's going to say yes. So that's the preamble to the questions that I'm about to go over with you. Now, these questions are very simple a very sane, decent, no-mask person is just going to answer them rather quickly. It'll take under 10 minutes for them to answer these questions. A person with a mask will tend to ask you to clarify the question, um, claim they don't understand the question, perhaps not even answer the question, um, and make you have to ask it again and again and again, even though they're very simple questions. What you're looking for is how long it takes someone to actually answer the question along with what they say. And it can tell you a lot about the person. Okay, here goes. First question. How do you feel about helping someone you don't know? Decent person, no mask, says, I don't know. I've always been helping people one way or another. I used to volunteer at the nursing home and, you know, know, I definitely worked in the farm when I was a kid growing up. Good. Done next question, right? But let's say you have someone with a mask on. So you say, how do you feel about helping someone you don't know? And they go, I don't know. And what you do is you have these, these questions written down. And so you'll come back and you'll look at the document as though you didn't type them. And you look at the document and you go, well, it says here, how do you feel about someone you don't know? You mean, I don't know them at all. Um, I guess not. How do you feel about someone you don't know? You mean like a patient? It doesn't say that. How do, how do you feel about helping someone you don't know? You mean, I just don't know them at all. It's like tick, 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 tick. The clock is ticking, right? This guy's not answering the question. Why is he so squirmy, right? Suspicious, right? So, um, you know, you know, there's a lot of sickos out there, you know, and I don't know if I'd just be like pulling off the side of the road, picking somebody up if they were in trouble. I don't know how to answer that question. And I'd go, ah, no problem. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the next question. Are you ready? And go, uh, yeah, good. If someone needed your help, how would you respond? A maskless person would go, oh, I don't know, right away. I mean, I mean, if I can get away from what I'm doing, I'd be right over there trying to help them, of course. Great. I don't go, come on, that's BS. I, I just accept their answer, right? I have somebody with a mask on. If someone needed your help, how would you respond? Well, I guess it would depend on what it was they needed because I might not know what to do and you know, if I don't know what to do, I mean, I kind of probably can add more confusion than, than actually helping the guy, you know? So, I mean, I'm not sure. Okay. Or they might say, how do you feel? If someone needed your help, how would you respond? And they go, well, you mean like a patient? They go that patient thing again. You're like, no, well, it doesn't say that. It says someone. So if someone needed your help, how would you respond? Well, I, I, I'd help them, I guess. I'd help them. Yeah, I'd, I'd just go help them, Right. But look how long it took to answer the question. I would just go help him was the answer finally. So, okay, make a note. Okay, move into question number three. Tell me about a time when you helped someone. Social guy goes, he might take a second or two and look at it and go, well, I had a patient that really had no family and she was dying. And I heard about it and I knew she was in hospice and I knew no one was going to go see her. So I would go visit with her usually two times a week, sometimes three, just to sit with her and hold her hand and talk to her. 
like, oh my God, I love this guy, right? Um, maybe it's not so quite as extreme, right? But you ask somebody with a big mask, you know, how do you uh, tell me about a time when you help someone? And they go, you mean like a patient? They can do the same drill again. Uh, well, no, it says, tell me about a time when you help someone. You mean like a, help a little old lady across the street? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever helped a little old lady across the street? No. Okay, well, let me give it to you again. By now they're sweating, right? So tell me about a time when you help someone. Um, you know, eventually they tell you, you go, I mean, this surprisingly can take you a while. So you get the answer, you accept the answer, right? Number four, question number four is you ask, what do you love about your current job? And you have to emphasize love, right? Like love, right? Um, so many times they'll give you something else as the answer. They won't answer this question. You find people without a mask will go, what do you love about your current job? And they'll say, oh, well, I really like the people I work with. This is an example. I like the people I work with. I don't think there's anybody I don't get along with in the office. There had been in the past, but right now, great group of people. I really like a lot. Great. And he stops right there. He doesn't like go, but it kind of sucks now, right? They don't do that. They just go, they answer the question of what they love, right? The mask guy won't tell you what he loves. He'll tell you what, he might tell you what he loved sometime back but not what he loves. So what do you love about your current job? Well, I don't know, man. I guess it was doing all right until, you know, the owner brought his wife in to do the billing. And, you know, she started asking us like to do seven codes in an hour and crazy stuff like that. It's like, it's impossible. You know, it's illegal too. And it just was not good. And I mean, she was just had a nasty attitude and she was always barking at the staff and everything else. They never answered the question. Right. So I would let them go. I just get the hook in the jowl and just let them take off. And I'd pull back on that line and, and I go, okay, all right, thank you. So let me ask you again. Now they've already, they've, they may have talked to me for five minutes. I would get them talking as much as possible. If they're getting critical about their current job and what they hate about it instead of what they love about it and they keep going, I don't stop them and go, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I'm asking you what you loved, right? If they're rambling on and they're going what they hate about their current job and what they hate about their current job, when you ask what you love about your current job, when they're done talking, you go, okay, good. All right. Well, let me ask you that question again. What do you love about your current job? Man, at this point, they really are sweating. Um, well, you know, they might say at this point, well, I like some, I like the staff I work with really. And now they answer the question. That's how long it took to answer the question. That's number four. Move to number five, right? Just the opposite. What do you hate about your current job? Now, you would say, what do you hate about your current job? If you have a, um, you know, a person who doesn't have a mask on, they go, I don't know what I hate about it so much, but uh, that documentation stuff is just like terrible. And then you go, well, you'd, you'd probably hate working here too, because we got to do that too. And ha ha ha, and everybody has a good laugh, right? But you have somebody with a mask on, what do you hate about your current job? Well, they do answer this question, but you're looking for anger and hostility and they may go off and you do your very best to get them to go, right? You know, just run it out, like hear it all out get all the dirt, right? Because it just tells you the critical nature of them and what they'll probably be like for you. Okay, so it's a good question to ask. The next question, number six, is in your last job, what have you accomplished for your company, which is over and above what is normally expected of you as an employee? Now, I commonly will have the word accomplished marked. Okay. So the social personality, 
would say, you know, we took in students and I was the um, clinical instructor and we'd always have at least um, one student there all the time for the last three years. And I was able to manage all that without having to take any additional admin time to, to do so. Because it was kind of, you know, I had a really great CI when I was coming out of PT through PT school and, and um, I wanted to be that for other people. Great. Good follow-up question might be who can verify this. And they go, well, there's really no one to verify because it's actually my current job. And you go, oh gosh, I'm not going to call your employer. But when you ask the question, the follow-up question of who can verify this, what's really important is not so much you're going to get a name and call that person. What's important is that you're looking at the individual when you ask the question. Sometimes they give you some amazing accomplishment and you go, who can verify this? And and you go, oh gosh, that was a job before last. And that guy died and he took everybody with him, right? So, um, you know, something bizarre, like, oh, I don't know how to get a hold of him. I don't even know if he lives in the in the city anymore. And gives you all that. And you just look at that. And you might kind of call that BS or something, what they say, but you, you wouldn't hold it with as high regard as they look right at you and they give you an answer. Okay, and so the last question that you ask is, how do you feel about a pay system in which there's a base rate and all future pay increases are made solely on the success of the business and your own personal productivity, keeping in mind that there's no limit to the amount of money you can make, but if you don't produce, you're fired. If you got a guy without a mask, he's interviewed, he did well in the opening, did well in the qualifying step, he's at the end of the qualifying step, you're asking these questions, he's answering them sincerely, there's not a big lag of time between you asking the question and getting his full answer. Um, you know, um, he's probably going to say something like, you know, how low is the base? It's an acceptable question, you know, and you'd say, well, you know, the base has to be something that would get you to say yes all by itself, Okay. So I wouldn't be offering you a base that's, you know, 10 grand below what you'd be making anywhere else. I'd have to offer you a base that would be commensurate with any other job you'd get with your experience, you know, and your, you know, your skill level, right? And okay, that makes sense. Okay, so let me give you the question again. Again, this in this, in either case, giving the question cleaned up on uh, what is the base rate, right? Is an acceptable question, whether it comes from someone you think has a mask or someone who you think does not have a mask, right? So you clear up the base rate would be something that would be a fair offer that you'd make, you'd be able to get most anywhere else. Okay. What you're looking for in the question is do you have a guy who feels that he is a top producer? Okay. So give that question again. So you'd say, okay, so does that make more sense to you? And the guy says, yeah, it makes more sense. Okay, so let me just ask you the question again. How do you feel about a pay system in which there's a base rate and all future pay increases are made solely on the success of the business and your own personal production? Keeping in mind, there's no limit to the amount of money that you can make, but if you don't produce, you're fired. Now, the guy, again, mask, doesn't seem to have one, answers things well, Everything's moving smooth. He might say, I don't know, man. It's like every job I've ever had. I've, I've been a pretty solid producer. If I'm not number one, I'm number two. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a slacker. So you're, are you saying that if I'm super productive and I'm doing really well and the company's doing well, I could make more than other guys because of simple fact that I'm busier? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I would have an interest in that. So, so that, that's pretty motivating for me because I'm a good producer, right? Okay. So now you got your slug, right? With a big thick mask on, right? So you ask the same question. Okay. So here's the next question. 
So how do you feel about a pay system in which there's a base rate and all future pay increases are made solely on the success of the business and your own personal productivity, keeping in mind that there's no limit to the amount of money you can make, but if you don't produce, you're fired. Now that guy will go, uh, you know, for me personally, because I was like, I really pay attention to like my wage and bonuses are nice, you know, but um, I would much rather have it just as a salary and just keep it simple you know, and, and maybe no bonuses at all. You know, I would rather have something like that than, you know, have, have something that could be related to whatever happens in the business. It's hard for me to predict with and all that. And this is after you cleared up the base rate has to be something that would make them say yes anyway, all by itself. What you're really looking at, will this guy kick ass or, or sit on it? Right. And so that guy's basically tell you he's going to sit on it. Right. If a guy answers the question number seven that I just gave you, if he answers that question in a, uh, I, you know, lack of motivated way or um, doesn't see it important in value, um, doesn't really see himself like doing well in that kind of environment, he wants something steady, more predictable, 100% don't hire. Right. This one will be a problem right from the beginning. I mean, when you throw an opportunity for a guy to do better, if he's a good producer and he is a good producer, he wants it. If you're hiring a guy and he's not really a good producer and you throw this out there, he's starting to sweat because he knows he either um, is never going to get this particular production bonus or increase in pay because he's not a producer, but he also gets the feeling like he might be watched just a little bit more on his productivity. So, Number seven, if the, if you've got a guy with a big mask and he goes, ah, oh, well, I like something more steady, something more predictable, then you go, I, I totally understand. So on that guy and only that guy, I'll ask question number eight. If I offered you a job and you accepted, what would I be saying to you at the end of your probation period? Sometimes they'll just say, you're fired or we're going to have to let you go. Sometimes they'll say, you know, yeah, you're getting... um you're getting a raise and, you know, we all have good laugh, right? And then I end any part of the rest of the interview. So I do not get into the presentation step that I get into in the last um, podcast. I don't go for the close. I end off right here. So if I've got somebody who I don't want to go further with, I'll ask question eight. If I want to keep going and actually go into the presentation step, and crafting how I'd be offering him a position in the company, um, I won't go to question number eight. So just to give you these questions again, these are the questions I asked to take the mask off. And, and I got this from a friend and, and I was having some troubles with getting people to take the job. And, and he said, you know, there's really two things to pay attention to, Sean. One is the person's attitude about helping people, just in general, helping people, not patients, not if he knows them or their best buddies or something, just how he feels about helping people. Cause you think Sean, if you think of the sanest people you've ever met, there are people who like to help people. You think about the, you know, some of the elderly patients who volunteer here and there and they do all these little cute little things. It's like everybody's in love with those people. And you know, you're as valuable as you can help others and not qualify who those others have to be just others. Right. So you know, he told me that I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And he goes, yeah, if you can somehow figure out who are the people who really like to help others, not just patients, you're going to do better. And if you can get some way to find out their attitude about being productive, 
Um, if there's any way you can take a mask off and do that, those would be great questions to ask in the interview. So I thought about it for a long time and I tried a variety of different questions. I found the ease, eight questions, really just seven were um, very successful combined with um, the earlier podcast material there on, you know, hiring clinical staff the right way that I went over in the other podcast. Okay. So again, I'm going to recap with stating these questions before I end off. Okay. So the first question is, how do you feel about helping someone you don't know? The next question, if someone needed your help, how would you respond? The third question, tell me about a time when you help someone. The fourth question, what do you love about your current job? Your fifth question, what do you hate about your current job? Number six, in your last job, what have you accomplished for your company, which is over and above what's normally expected of you as an employee? Again, the follow-up would be who can verify this. And number seven, how do you feel about a pay system of which there's a base rate and all future pay increases are made solely on the success of the business and your own personal productivity, keeping in mind there's no limit to the amount of money that you can make, but if you don't produce, you're fired. And if they're absolutely a slug and you know at this point you're not going forward, you ask question number eight. If I offered you a job and you accepted, what would I be saying to you at the end of your probation period? And those would be the eight questions. And they do take the mask off. Okay. Do not, do not ever vary these questions. They will try so hard to get you to vary the questions. How do you feel about helping someone you don't know? What do you mean, like a patient? Well, just anybody really. Just like, like if you didn't know him, it's like if he's a guy on the street and you're just like walking by him. Don't do that. Just ask him again. Is he dumb? Right? Just ask him the question again. He's squirming. There's something about it that uh, you need to know more. Right? Don't make it easy. Make it hard. This is an interview. You're interviewing him. Okay? So I hope you find that this data is helpful to you. It's something that you can use. Roll up your sleeves. Make happen. Let me know what you think, okay? Take care. Bye now. Thanks so much for hanging in there and catching this particular podcast. I hope you got some things out of this that you can apply to your practice. Here's what I'd like you to do next. I'd like you to go to ptpracticesuccess.com. If what I've been saying to you in these podcasts have been resonating with you and you would like to know me better, if you would like to just have my ear throw out some things that are concerning you and perhaps get some advice that could help you make an appointment. I will tell you it's the number one way in which I do get new clients, but I won't waste your time. I will help you regardless of whether we ever work together or not. So go to ptpracticesuccess.com and let's set up a time to chat. If you like what you heard today, consider our coaching program. Go to ptpracticesuccess.com and click on the link at the top of the page.